0: Welcome to Happy Times and Places, a Doctor Who commentary with a difference. It has to be positive. And I, Toby Haydock, have to see if I can guess what my guests' favourite things about their chosen story are. Hello, Toby. My name's Alex Moore, and I work in locations for both TV and film. You can find me on Twitter at AlexMoore99. The story that I have chosen is the time monster and we both said a prayer for a big marine named camouflage hello it's uh, episode three of the time monster and it's the daytime and i don't care Uh, if you're watching along and you don't have to Uh. there is no obligation so to do press play or in my case because i'm on episode selection for the first time ever in happy times and places wow we're rewriting the rule book as we go along press enter or play or whatever now oh it did it did it first time there we go um welcome i didn't sleep last night the first two episodes if you're watching this in order which i hope you are this timey wimey nonsense um i watched two episodes last night but i had a terrible sleep uh, and I've got up and I've done a bit of work uh, and I'm still in my pyjamas and I've just got that nagging, middle-aged ennui and I thought, I'm going to watch that if there's, if there's nothing that can sum up our situation more it's I'm lucky I've got a partner, I have friends I can talk to, if I don't want to talk to anybody I, I quite like talking out loud and expressing my feelings, I don't want to burden anybody else with those but Doctor Who, there's nothing... Trying to watch the time monster to get something good out of it is a, is surely as close as a metaphor for life as we need. Because I know, you know, I know. I feel better if I eat better if I do exercise. But I think I've always. I'm writing a script at the moment. Oh, I thought when I was younger. If yeah, if I get to do things like write scripts for telly, that'll make life better. None of those things make life better. Life is a constant. You have to keep exercising. You know, whatever it is that you put into place to negotiate the mire, and mine's not talking to people. Mine's not. I can't drink anymore. I don't. I can't smoke anymore, which are things I used to do to sort of stick two fingers up to the world or to distract me from what was going on. But Doctor Who has always been here. <laughs> Anyway, welcome. For the commentary for this, um, it was me and four writers, uh, who because we had no money, and I suggested, um, well, get some Doctor Who fans who are professionals uh, on the commentary. So this this hasn't actually got on the DVD a, a commentary from any of the production personnel. I think it's an ambition of mine to maybe redress that when we come to do it on blu-ray when we come to when they come to on blu-ray and i hope that, <laughs> and i wait for the phone call to see if somebody will ask me to be involved it's never guaranteed but i think we could do with doing uh because we were so we were we were scuppered by budget and this is a season finale let's forget this was like the demons is the sort of climax of the previous year this is this 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 is the season finale um the you know The big bad returns. The master returns. He's only had six weeks off. But there's a time eater. Atlantis. You know, this is war. And then it's a story that nobody really talks about. So uh, we got a load of rice And I knew Graham Duff. Who wrote a series called Ideal that uh, was done up here. I wasn't in it. But uh, I know a load of people that were. And Graham used to come to a sketch show that I I was involved in. Uh, And Graham has since. Nobody's ever... Notice this. Graham wrote a sitcom called Ideal, um, but is you know is also a Doctor Who fan. He since he's in Peter Capaldi's first episode as a sort of robotic waiter, uh, so he, he he started his Who association on the DVD commentary for the time for the Time Monster. Uh, he's the only actor surely to be on a DVD commentary uh, before. He uh, performs in an episode of Doctor Who, a completely unrelated episode, many years later. Um, we've got Phil Ford and uh, Joe Lidster, and it's not a, it's not a bad lineup. Of people I, I just Facebooked um, went, we haven't got any money. Would you like to come and do a DVD commentary? You get a free DVD. So that's how we sort of, the budgets of these things got. So, so anybody that doesn't like uh, the fact that we haven't got production personnel on that commentary if it's literally better than nothing that's that's then then you then you're lucky because that was the choice uh you know we work very hard on the, the the DVDs but yeah sometimes it what you get is literally better than nothing because nothing is the alternative anyway i'm i'm i've gone off on one haven't i, I, did, I It's not, not always going to be exact so it um Ian Collier, Stuart Hyde has just become a young man again. I love this effect. Yeah, I love the the the, the sort of f- flapping budgerigar thing is often had the Mickey taken out of it for but for something where Doctor Who's monsters are often oh and it eats it eats Percival, doesn't it? I love. I think that's good and it's very cleverly shot because um, you get snatches of it. The the, the whiteness, the way, uh, the fact that it's sometimes out of focus. Um, I think Kronos is great. I love it! In a in a in a series where monsters are often men in green suits or, or lumber about, having something that's sort of bright white sometimes indistinct, but that squawks and flaps rather than lumbers or hisses. Um But I know that people are hard on Kronos. I'm liking Kronos and I I love this sort of out of focus thing going on. Um and isn't sometimes the simplest effect great? They're, they've slowed down time. But well, it's on film. You can slow down film. Slightly scuppered by the... Fu- oh, and, yeah, poor old, poor old Wondermore's having to sort of uh, jog on the spot there. Um, oh, and he's, he's pulled her out of the slow-mo. That was good. That was effective. That's quite a daring shirt she's got on, isn't it? It's sort of... Uh, it's, it's like a burgundy explosion or, or even a sort of burgundy petri dish <laughs> burgundy mold um, and i know the fact that it's you know it's the, the, a sort of giant time budgerigar flapping about behind a venetian blind is very doctor who especially when you've got roger delgado who is in who is incapable of doing anything other than elevating what is around him by the fact that he is sheer class. But yeah, the the slow-mo thing, it's so simple and effective. Um, And I like this location. Um, It's slightly undermined by the fact that Bessie is done with speeded up (laughs) because that wasn't time speeding up. That was just an effect to make the car look like it was going quicker. Yeah, and this little motif of... um, Kronos regressing back into the crystal, flapping its wings, is great. So Paul Bernard, would forgotten, Paul Bernard directed the series opener and the series finale. And Robert Sloman, the writer, Sloman and Bernard are Pertwee-only figures. Uh, who both did interviews, but not as many as you'd have liked them to. And, I, and Sloman had died by the time we did the DVD of this, but he is on the dvd and a small interview on on the green death i'd like to have heard more of him because he was sort of he was not as experienced a writer wasn't he was he and and barry Letts sort of brought him in and they they worked on stuff together i'd like to know his story a bit better he worked in distribution on in fleet street didn't he uh donald eccles is is giving it quite a lot here um I think perhaps he's giving he's giving it more than is strictly necessary, but but sometimes that's what you need when you've got two actors talking in a talking nonsense in a in, in a in a sort of in a lab set, and, and one of them's in a wig and Atlantean garb. He's got to give it a bit of something. Oh, talking of actors giving it too much. It's it's an extraordinary quality that uh, Aidan Murphy, who I believe um, the the the, the, um, the, uh, the those so inclined think of as rather beautiful, he is rather beautiful. He's, he's obviously his uh, I'm not designed to to have uh, my boat floated by whatever buoyancy he provides, but um, he's got a, he's got a pretty face. Um, he's he's still around, but his career, um, this perhaps won't be a surprise to anybody watching, never, never quite took off. Very good sets. This is all on film, of course, so Atlantis looks amazing at the moment, because Atlantis is only on film, and it's got King Dalios, George Cormac, uh, who returns in Planet of the Spiders as Campo, uh, another Pertwee-only figure, uh... He's got a lovely quality about him uh and he looks good that I'm assuming that's a wig he's got very good good flowing white hair, but you have to be very careful in um in sort of robes and oldie worldy, don't you because there's a temptation for everyone to sort of perform like they're in a nineteen fifties um performance of Shakespeare at a one of the lesser reps um and and uh, what, is it, that light? what is it that light? Oh, Aidan Murphy. Gra- now I I I am normally going to champion performers, and I I certainly I think I see beauty and poetry in performances that many viewers today might might see as being a bit stilted or stagey. That's because acting has become quite boring nowadays in in places and rather muttered. I quite I quite like a performance that that has a bit of something about it, which is why I keep going back to telly in the 60s 70s and 80s uh but it's it's not always and sometimes you get a performance like Aidan Murphy as Hippias who manages to be both wooden and over the top at the same time which is quite a skill sort of rather insipid and yet too much both at the same time it's sort of (laughs) yeah it's uh, that takes some doing Again, we could have tried to get him for the commentary as well. We just struggled, I think. We didn't have any money. There's a commentary to be done on this. Does anybody know Aidan Murphy uh, and Wondermore? Perhaps they probably live together knowing. They probably live next door. The amount of times I've looked for somebody and then found out just after they've died that they were uncle of a friend of mine or something. Um, So if you live in a commune with Aidan Murphy and Wondermore, come around for tea. We'll do a commentary on the Time Monster I I I like Pert to his uh, jacket here, and, uh, and and he hasn't got any uh, neck garments. I like a neck garment, but he I quite like the sort of casual. So I saw somebody on Twitter today put rehearsal pictures of the monster of Peladon, and he didn't have his bow tie on, and it was sort of big collars, open necked. It was the same costume just without the bow tie, and it looked rather it looked rather cooler, because um, he's quite cool, Pert, isn't he? He's a very natural presence as the doctor, isn't he? Uh, now, I seem to have Are they eating marmalade sandwiches? Um, I remember thinking that was very funny in the book as well, that Stuart Hyde only had marmalade for sandwiches. Uh, but again, I know that some people hate Stuart Hyde. I think I probably should, but I don't know. I just liked him in the book. Um. Quite an un- yes he's quite an unusual character anyway yeah Donald Eccles is really going for it isn't he uh oh he's he's just so good Delgado now this I think this annoys people as well doesn't it the uh the building of a of a time thing with a a wine bottle in a I think it's suitably silly that it's allowed. I, I, interesting. I'd probably be furious if it was in the series now, but because because it's in the past and you can't do anything about the past, or can you? Um, and Doctor Who's future isn't resting on it. When, when Doctor Who is, is this sort of a bit <laughs> outrageous, uh, uh, embraces its stupidity. Um, you go, yeah, that's fine. Doctor, but uh, as a sort of young, serious fan, uh, ha, ha, you know, had this been on when I was a young, serious fan, as opposed to several years before, because I'm very young, um, I, 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 yeah, I can understand why I might have been furious, um, because Doctor is very serious and you can't jam a time signal with a with a wine bottle and some forks, and yet. Fruitcake standard. There we go. I I used to love that line. (laughs) Nutty is a fruitcake. And uh, yes, it's just getting to the, you know, the the, the brigadier, of course, has that wonderful, uh, uh, wonderful shtick of being, disbelieving of, of, of everything which which does get to the point where you go when, when, when are you going to start I mean I'm all for a sceptic especially in this world of con- cons- conspiracy theories but then again conspiracy theories are based on being sceptical of some things that you just go no just you, you have to just accept some things uh, anyway let's not get into there's a man at the co-op uh, uh, who thinks that um, all terrorist attacks have been faked and they use mannequins the West, he said the Westminster Bridge attack was faked because he saw a picture. Have you seen the dead bodies? No, I haven't seen the dead bodies. I'm not looking at pictures of dead people where well, you could tell they were mannequins. What? No, surely it's easy. It's easier to actually kill people than invent some fictional people, create a backstory for them, hire actors to play their sad relatives, and also get everybody to look the other way whilst you ship in these mannequins for which presumably there's no sales records. If they're that, if you're that evil, they're just going to kill people. Do you know what I mean? Uh Anyway, yeah. Um, but that said, I'd, uh, I, I, I'm I'm less inclined to believe that I'm, I'm more inclined to believe that the Westminster terrorist attacks were real uh, than that you can block a time experiment with a wine bottle, some key fobs, two sets of keys, a tin mug. Ah, oh, hang on! I've not long done turn left on this. That had a tin mug in it as well. Uh, I wonder if I'm going to see how many tin mugs there are in the in the history of Doctor Who. Oh, there we go. Uh, it was fun while it lasted. It was very silly. Ah, oh yes, of course. This is the uh, this is the episode with all the. Uh, there's something about the Tardis on a van or on a lorry. That I rather like, um, and also I've just done *Evil of the Daleks*, and the TARDIS is on a van in that. It's interesting how, you, when you watch stories in random order, strange um, similarities crop up that you'd never noticed before. But I do like the TARDIS on a van. I like it on um, in *Marco Polo* as well when it's on a it, that's it's on a cart, isn't it? There's something about seeing the TARDIS transported not under its own steam that that makes it seem sort of it gives it a sort of grubby nobility. I don't know why. <laughs> and, of course, this is where... Images that speak. The ima- yes. It it This is indeed a It really is. Crass top. Donald... <laughs> I... I don't notice quite how bad... <laughs> Donald Eccles uh, was a marvellous actor. He's really good in... Uh, the John Mills Quatermass. He has another great line about, um, that he's, he's an old chemist so they get him to sniff stuff. Uh, oh, I'll, I'll tell you in a minute because this this caused all sorts of problems. He's a, he's a Greg Powell is now a, a hugely highly regarded stuntman. He worked on the Harry Potters and all sorts of things but I think he was relatively inexperienced here and there was certainly um, anger between the production team and the stunt and, and there was injury and yeah, all sorts. But that's a great image, isn't it? The the, um, I think Barry did Barry talk about it on the commentary. He must have talked about it on one of the later episodes. Um, a goon in fancy dress? No, it's an actual night. and I I like 2 when it. Have you been drinking? <laughs> Come on, Brigadier. It's if if it sounds strange, it's more likely to be true rather than somebody being drunk or imagining it um, you have been drinking um, so uh, oh dear now, uh, Simon Legree unit sergeant I've never never come across him in anything before or since uh, I hope he's well and happy uh, this is this is going to be oh dear oh yes and so now it's the roundheads. Uh, I yes I love the incongruity of uh, Old-fashioned stuff against, but you could be shooting your granddad. Don't kill any of the roundheads. That'd be awful, wouldn't it? <laughs> Unit soldier fired on a roundhead, We're going to be interrupted for the first time in one of these because my other staff has just come downstairs and lift because I didn't tell her I was doing this because I've done it on an impulse because I'm 46 and sometimes you have to do impulsive things. You're right. You're right. Can I carry on? So talking to, oh shit. Yeah, I'm doing a thing. Is that alright? No, well, you don't have to worry. Um, it's live. Look, it's live. It's real life. It's live. It's, it's 1972. It is, 19, it is 1972. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there is. Uh, I like having, uh, uh, the modern day in, invaded by the past. I think there's a the juxtaposition. I think that night against the lorries, the the roundheads against the unit soldiers. That's a nice wheeze. Uh, that's that's a a very sort of Doctor Who-y, dare I say, timey wimey thing. But yes, I do worry about. I I I I worry unnecessarily. I'm quite very drawn to that bit in, bit in Clark's when they talk about the um, the Death Star being built uh and and gets in 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 uh in return of the jedi and, and you know it gets blown up and you go but the guy's building it they're just they're just manual laborers you know they're probably being forced to work under union rules you know blah 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 so and yet you know that so they they die in the explosions as well you know and you sort of think about these roundheads they're not they're not baddies they're just transported through time so <laughs> they're and they're suddenly having to fight against people with machine guns, and you go, that's slightly unfair. And they're not. So yeah, I hope they don't kill any of the roundheads. Um, one of them is is uh, Dave Carter, who's a he's the speaking roundhead, isn't he? Who's a who's a ubiquitous small part player in uh, in seventies Doctor Who. Um, oh, phew, they vanished before Captain Yates could blow them all to pieces um duck. oh yeah yeah because they're gonna yes and I uh, yeah that idea of 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 uh snatching things from different time periods is a is a great sort of kids Saturday tea time sort of thing to do I think um now people say this is in black and white so it's but I, I you know, it's, it's often listed as a mistake. The picture of the, the footage of the V two is in black and white, but I, the picture is so murky. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure you can. You can attest to that, um, with any massive confidence. Um, it could just be a grey, a grey day. Uh, yeah. Um. So anyway. Um. Well. V, yeah, V1, sorry. Um, of course, it creates a time paradox because if the Master, as we discover in the next episode, has snatched that from back in time when it did actually land here, then it never would have landed here. See, that's a great shot of the TARDIS and the convoy. Uh, I think is really good. Um, it's, not, it's not usual for so, for so many actors. I mentioned Simon LeGree, Dave Carter for Ubiquitous one uh, uh, we've, we've struggled to get hold of. And Aidan Murphy, I know somebody's had a signed photo from Aidan Murphy. Ditto Wondermore, but uh, no, no great contact. It's, it's not usual for a Doctor Who story to have living actors that we don't either know where they are or we've not had some sort of contact with. There's a sort of cabal of us who, who sort of various times made overtures to supporting actors, guest, guest actors. But the time monster is one that's quite unlucky. So may, maybe everyone's just a bit embarrassed, but they shouldn't be because I love that explosion. And I love the fact that the brigadiers, Captain Yates, Captain Yates, Sergeant Breder, Captain Yates. When he thinks that Captain Yates has been blown up, he says, Mike. I love that. That, makes that I actually get a little bit emotional when he does that because it's, you know, it's a sign that they're, they're mates. And Mike is a very, He's because he's even credited as Captain Mike Yates. Um, but I, I, I love the fact that he... Uh, Brigadier's clearly worried, so he calls him calls him Mike. Um, so that's the end of... <laughs> the Time Monster Part 3. Oh, I was in a foul mood when I started doing this. I was having a rotten day. Um, well, not a rotten day even, just a day of kind of... I think meh is the current parlance. It's happening to me a lot because I'm 46. Uh, and I know I have so many things that other people don't have in terms of luck and good fortune and partnership and support and all those sorts of things. But I I think I am going through a midlife crisis and this is my way of battling it. So if anybody's out there, thanks for giving me at least the idea that somebody might be listening. If you're going through a midlife crisis, it's definitely a thing, isn't it? It's definitely a thing. And I'm aware it's not the worst thing. But, you know, I can, I know... But I also, sometimes I get hungry. And I'm not as hungry as somebody starving in Africa. That, Of course not. Everything is relative. But somebody being starving in Africa doesn't stop me being hungry, even if I'm luckier than they are. Do you know what I mean? So interesting. But it's always Doctor Who that you go back to to see what makes you happy about it. My favourite thing about that episode... It's got to be the way that the Brigadier says Mike at the end. There's some good things in there. I like I like all the, the, the sort of... I like the slow motion stuff. I love Kronos. Uh, I like... Um, but I might be saving Kronos for a later instalment. Unless Alex does Kronos when I... Because that means I can't. Uh, I love the juxtaposition of, of the medieval knight and the unit Land Rovers. But I love the way that the Brigadier says Mike Uh I've got something that's just hit me, I'm not sure he does in there I think the cliffhanger cuts off early in the next episode I might have dreamt that um, Let's see what Alex has chosen My best thing about episode 3 is the time flow analogue machine ah. Who knew that you could interfere with the inner workings of a TARDIS with the help of a corkscrew, a couple of forks and an old mug I think it's wonderfully 70s who and sort of sums up the inventiveness of John Pertwee's Doctor Well and he's young but obviously, not too serious, which means he's gonna be all right. Good lad, good old Alex. Alex likes the stupid wine bottle uh, time manipulator. Ah, oh, well, look, um, we're halfway through, we're in the, the, the midpoint of the time monster, um, but it's not. How, how is it gonna resolve its midpoint crisis? <laughs> I expect uh, next week the Time Monster to buy itself uh, a Harley Davidson or uh, at least go take a trip to Atlantis. Uh, we'll see. I'm still in my pyjamas and it's six minutes past four. Oh, to humanity. Thanks. See ya. Thank you so much for listening to Happy Times and Places, which is presented by me, Toby Haddock. My special guest this time around is Alex Moore. He is on Twitter at AlexMoore, with an E on the end, 99. This episode's featured patrons, to whom thanks are due, are Ruben Herfindal, Rob Leonard, Jenny at Bluebox 99, Paul Cook, John Deere, Chris Dunford-Kelk, Siobhan Galichon, Ian Key, Joe Llewellyn, Darren Mackay, Stephen Moffat, Richard Straw, Andrew, Luke Atkins, Peter Adamson, Will Brooks and Rick Byatt. The music for this podcast is specially composed by Dave Gates and the podcast artwork is by Dylan Patterson. You can support these broadcasts by subscribing. At patreon.com forward slash Toby Hadoke. There's extra goodies there and early releases too. If you prefer or are only able to do a one-off payment, that is equally happily received at Kofi.com forward slash Toby Hadoke. Your support is appreciated. But I know times are tough, but it'll cost you nothing to go to your favourite outlets and review and rate these as highly as you can. It really does help. And please subscribe to my YouTube channel where there is a video version of this podcast. Available. Find out more at my website, www.tobehadoke.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at Toby or these podcasts at Hadoke Podcasts.